What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and The Crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. To another edition of the Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and flying solo once again today, but shout out to the crew. And shout out to all the listeners out there everywhere, stateside and worldwide, within the sound of my voice. Hope that everything is well, that you are healthy as we get into this holiday season and as we head towards a new year in 2022. And of course, I hope that you all are safe and that you are with us for the rest of this year through next year. As we mentioned earlier on our social media pages this week, we have a new website here for the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast. It is none other than vaultclassicpod.com and also a new IG page. The handle is vaultclassicpod, at vaultclassicpod on IG. So a couple of new things that we have going on. The website, want y'all to go over there and check it out. All of the episodes are available there on that website. You can also go there, leave reviews. Also put in your name and email address to be added to our mailing list and a chance to leave us voice messages. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the pod, but make sure y'all are going over to vaultclassicpod.com and on IG at vaultclassicpod, checking us out right there. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today we have an album here by a group that harkens back to yesteryear. And the sounds of many of us who those in my generation are sounds from my childhood and also our early adolescence about a group that provided us some of our most memorable hits. Some of the ones that we remember hearing in dances back in the day and also on the radio, a group that definitely left their mark on the industry and for a relatively short period of time had a firm grip on our ears and uh, unceremoniously broke up and afterwards were never to be heard from again. But the time that they did have here with us, they left a mark. So we're going to go back again to the year of 1996 and what a glorious year it was. And we're going to go back to the fourth and final album of Tony, 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 House of Music, released on November 19th, 1996 by Mercury Records. It was recorded between September 1995 and 1996 and it was recorded at a number of different studios, specifically in Northern California or in the Bay Area where Tony, Tony, Tony were originally from. Brilliant Studios, Hyde Street Studios in San Francisco, Coda and Grassroots Studios in Oakland, Encore and Image Recording, Westlake Recording in Los Angeles, and of course Pookie Labs and Woodshed Studios in Sacramento. A runtime of 69 minutes and 8 seconds. The producers on this, Tony, Tony, Tony themselves, G1, and a guest appearance by all-time great producer and G-Funk legend, DJ Quick. Singles on this, two singles. Let's Get Down, released on October 28, 1996, and Thinking of You, released in March of 1997. When the album debuted, it debuted as number 32 on the Billboard 200, was on the chart for 31 weeks, and was certified platinum 
by the next year. Now, this was their fourth and final album, Tony, 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 after their third album, which was Sons of Soul, released in 1993, a commercial and critical success, which followed Revival, which was in 1990, which is also a commercial and critical success. For those of us who know Tony, Tony, Tony and their discography, those albums held some of the songs such as Anniversary and Slow Wine, as well as Lay Your Head on My Pillow and as well If I Had No Loot and Leaving. And then also when Revival had songs such as Feels Good, It Never Rains in Southern California and Whatever You Want. So these are the songs that we know Tony, Tony, Tony by during their time that they spent uh, close to the top of the music industry because those are the songs we knew on the radio. Those are the ones that had the most commercial success. Now, in between Sons of Soul and House of Music, the group took a hiatus. The main core of the group formed by Raphael Sadiq, formerly known as Raphael Wiggins, his brother Dwayne Wiggins, and their cousin Timothy Riley. They took a break after Sons of Soul and decided to work on some individual projects. In particular, Raphael Sadiq, while they were gone, worked with a number of different artists, including working with D'Angelo, worked with En Vogue, Karen White, Tevin Campbell, and a tribe called Quest. It was during this time that he changed his name from Wiggins to Sadiq, which is a man of his word in Arabic, and also had a solo single, which was a very big hit in 1995, appeared on the Higher Learning soundtrack, which was Acts of You. Now, there was a little bit of turmoil going on within not just the core three, but then also their supporting members in the group heading up into House of Music. And there were lots of rumors out there that they were going to be, whether they were breaking up, whether this would be the last album, but the group came together after all of that to record House of Music. Now, just a little bit of background in regards to House of Music, the album. Now, House of Music was recorded between September 95 and September 96. Took place in a lot of different studios that I named earlier, Brilliant Studios, Hyde Street, Westlake Recording Studios. Uh, They used... With this album, they went with a little bit of a different approach. They used a lot of different vintage recording equipment, and they also used different things such as horn sections, a lot of different horn sections you hear on here as well as a 40-piece orchestra for some of their recordings. They worked with a lot of other guest musicians, including Sheila E., the Tower of Power horn section, and then DJ Quick, who collaborated with Raphael Sadiq on the song Let's Get Down, which was the first single and the biggest single from this. Unlike other albums, the three members actually arranged, composed, and produced songs of their own before putting together the recordings to make each of the tracks for House of Music. They went ahead and did that, and after they finished the album, they went ahead and named it and called it House of Music. Now, for those who aren't aware of their background, House of Music, the title comes from the name of an actual record store that was in the Oakland area that closed many years before they called it that because they said hey they usually would name their albums after they were done recording they thought that the content of the album harkened back to their roots which as younger musicians took them back to the times of soul music and rhythm and blues music back in the 1960s and the 1970s and that's really where they drew a lot of their influence for this album now back into where I was when this album came out. And when House of Music came out, the first thing that drew me in was the single, Let's Get Down. And because it featured DJ Quick, it definitely was a song that grabbed your attention because it was a really funky track. And it was a fairly big hit within the clubs and on the radio. And, you know, it's sort of harking back a little bit to like some of the up-tempo things that you heard what Tony, Tony, Tony would do in the New Jack Swing era, right? When they were sort of getting towards their peak. And... 
it was sort of unusual to see them collaborate with actually an actual hip hop artist on their on their track and someone like DJ Quick, but you wouldn't put them and DJ Quick together to actually produce on a track. That drew me in. So I actually took a listen to the album and I had a friend's older sister who had this album. And when I listened to it for the first time, I hated it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it because I was expecting more of what I heard on Let's Get Down throughout the whole album. And I didn't get that. So when I heard it, I was like, man, this is boring. This sounds like something that my parents would listen to. I don't like it. So I put the CD down and I listened to it and I didn't ask for a dub, which normally I would ask for a dub on a CD, whether it was good or bad. And I left it alone. And years later, I would say probably about mm, 10 years ago or so, I was going through some of the, some things that Raphael Sadiq had done. And I was going through some of the tracks that he had produced, looking up his uh, production catalog. I went through his work individually, the work he did with D'Angelo also, of course, his work with Lucy Pearl, which was a very, very short-lived project, but died almost certainly after they began and started going into some of the 21st century work he did and decided, you know what? Well, let me go ahead and go back into Tony, Tony, Tony's discography and look to see, you know, whether my opinion has changed on any of their music. Went through Revival, of course, loved what I heard there, loved what I heard, of course, on Sons of Soul. Then I got to House of Music and I knew this was their last album. And the likelihood of them getting together to do another album was probably slim to none. Well, at this point, I'm close to 30 years old, if not 30 already, over 30. And my musical palette had sort of changed, for lack of a better word, from when I was 14 years old. And I listened to it again. And definitely, having matured, changed my perspective on this album. Listening to it and listening to the tones, listening to the production influence and seeing, you know, where they were and paying homage to their roots musically, what got them involved and wanted to become musicians in the first place is what I noticed that gave this album its appeal. Now, just from the break off of listening to it and hearing the first track, thinking of you, like I'm a big Al Green fan and my parents, old school music, you know, we had the vinyl and my parents had a couple of Al Green albums what I remember most about some Sunday afternoons, if they weren't playing like some easygoing old school reggae music or Calypso music, it was usually something like Al Green or Jeffrey Osborne or Billy Ocean. So I always remember hearing that particular type of music on an easygoing Sunday afternoon. That's exactly what gave me that feeling when hearing that first track. But it wasn't just thinking of you. The other tracks that I heard that I kind of my mind and ear was not mature enough to be able to accept it kind of let me know that, okay, these guys really worked hard on this album. At this point, like hearing the strings and hearing like the percussion and, and the pianos and the horns and the guitars, how everything worked together just in, like a symphony, like a conductor standing in front of a symphony and con just really having really beautiful music made in movements and not just in one big loop, like a four eight bar loop looped over and over again and a change here and there, hearing bridges and hearing beat changes and like being able to feel the change in the momentum of the music. I mean, you could feel that with this album when I heard it those, those years later. So as I got to examine this album later on, I sort of thought to myself, well, if they were going to go out on a piece of music and it was going to be something that they worked this hard on that and they harkened back to their roots, this was a hell of a way to go out to go out here on what made them 
made them want to be musicians in the first place and what they experienced music at a very early age. And for those of us who grew up, not necessarily in the 60s and 70s, who were for most of my Gen Xers down there, you know, those of y'all who grew up on that music as children, for those of us who experienced secondhand millennials and Gen Y like myself, who remember listening to our parents and older brothers and sisters records and having that feeling of what music used to sound like back then. It really is a good feeling, especially nowadays when you know that so much of music has turned to being electronic. And so there's not really the process that you have of getting together a 40 piece orchestra or having a horn section come in the studio and work live. You don't get that from everybody. So even hearing that back then in 1996 from a group like that, who were all accomplished musicians in their own right, Raphael Sadiq, Dwayne Wiggins and Tim Riley, it just was a breath of fresh air and it's still a breath of fresh, fresh air years and years later, listening to it. So now we're going to get into my highlights and this album is, and has no shortage of it. Of course, obviously the lead single, let's get down the brilliance of DJ quick. <laughs> Once again, I mean, to be able to like, you know, DJ quick has been like a producer. We talk about this a lot on social media and on hip hop, Twitter, someone who has not getting his just due in regards to what his influence was on hip hop overall, but more importantly on West coast hip hop. And to have someone who has been able to produce G funk records and, you know, albums like quick is the name and rhythmalism and, you know, those classics that we had in the 1990s from DJ quick to turn around and then produce for a group like Tony, Tony, Tony. And not only that, but to have it work. I mean, it worked. <laughs> it really, really worked. And I remember watching the unsung with DJ quick and they talked about this track and it's like, you know, Eric sermon, who was a guy who worked, you know, like, Hey, you know, put together Tony, Tony, Tony and DJ quick. Who would have thought that something like that would work, but yet again, it did. So one of my favorite tracks on this album and definitely from quick, one of my, one of my favorite productions from his in regard to stepping outside of the hip hop realm and going over to R and B and making it funky. Something that very important, obviously to Tony, 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 but great song right there. I love to jam to that, but going into the other tracks other than that, um, I mentioned about thinking of you. I mean, that's like a perfect, perfect, perfect ode to Al Green and that style of music. A bit of an interesting choice for opening track, but I think it sets the tone for what we have little, what we experience later on with the following tracks. But when you get into the rest of the album, when you get into albums like Till Last Summer, Loving You and Still a Man, like when you, <laughs> when I hear those songs on this album, it sort of reminds me of, like I said, those Sunday afternoons, like it literally, you know, you think about like the Brown, like studio cabinet that has the entertainment center that's carrying the record player that has the two, like, I guess, light brown cases with the speakers on the outside that sit inside your living room that can fill pretty much the entire section of that house. And even you could hear it from either upstairs or downstairs. It's just like put a record on and let it play. And then right next to that, I have that picture of like that liquor cabinet that maybe has like, you know, my father's favorite scotch or whiskey. And, you know, you have a, like a sense of like, you know, just like a very perfectly lit room and just a, I mean, just lay back and sit and chill. That's really the feeling that I got from that. But I loved those three tracks right there, all back to back till last summer, loving you and still a man. Another standout on this as well. I mean, Holy Smokes and G-Wiz, which was produced and is has the lead vocals by Dwayne Wiggins. Now, the title itself kind of throws you off a little bit. <laughs> but this is just a very smooth, very soulful track. 
And um, one of the things that I love about the sort of the, the contrast between Raphael and Dwayne is Dwayne and his voice and him being a little bit more of the baritone of the group. And his vocals sort of fit this song perfectly. Follow up another track with that that follows up Holy Smokes and Gee Wiz, Annie Mae. <laughs> now, Annie Mae is a track where they describe about a young lady and her exploits, as you will, and trying to make it in the world. So, I mean, a very interesting choice and a song with a very interesting message. There's other tracks on here as far as Let Me Know and Tossing and Turning, Wild Child, all the way up until Party Don't Cry. All give you like that that feeling, that vintage feeling of their soul roots. And that's what I feel like they wanted to you know, accomplish here. I, what the balances they accomplished on this album, I think better than anything, is being able to take their new school sensibilities and blending it with their old school roots and experience. And what you have is a collection of songs on here that sort of gives you a throwback vibe, but, you know, with these singers that have been schooled in this new way of making music. But the sound on here, production-wise, using a lot of vintage equipment, like when you get a lot of these analog studio equipment um, and you're using, like, you know, old preamps and you're using old amps and... Uh, the mixers that you're using, the I mean, everything that you use to record music back then that gives it that vintage feel. Excellently done. Very excellently done. This album is masterfully mixed. I think that the that the mixing and engineering on here was great. It really kind of fits, you know, with the mode that they were trying to go with in regards to the feel of this album. There's not any lowlights on here for me. I think that this is uh, it really, I think, just a, a easy listening album. Uh, one of my l- followers actually earlier this week told me that this is a grown folks album. <laughs> and that what makes perfect sense to me. Why I didn't like it earlier in my life. Why at 14 years old, I couldn't really appreciate what it was that I was listening to. I wasn't mature enough to be able to appreciate it. But now I am. And uh, being able to appreciate the instrumentation, the arrangements, the arrangements, <laughs> the arrangements on here are ridiculous. Uh, the thought process and putting together these arrangements and working together to craft these songs. I mean, it just, you could tell like a lot of work went into it writing wise and also arrangements and production. The work here is impeccable. So before I get into my final verdict here on house of music, just to talk a little bit about the group themselves. Now, this was their last album. Uh, there were a, there was a lot of turmoil within Tony, Tony, Tony and the group members. Um, in particular, not just with Raphael, Sadiq, Tim, and Dwayne, but with the other group members who exist, who also did work with the group that were, I guess you could say, a part of the group and and weren't really recognized because the majority of people look at Tony, Tony, Tony and say it's those three. That's who Tony, Tony, Tony is. I mean, those are the three Tonys per se, but. There were other other contributors as well, namely Elijah Baker and Carl Wheeler. And uh, for those of you who are out there who are fans of the group, now there was actually a documentary that was released, I would say probably about, th- about two years ago called Loyalty, No Royalty, The Breakup of Tony, Tony, Tony. And the majority of that documentary was put together by the likes of Elijah Baker and Carl Wheeler. And this was all based around what happened in regards to the fallout of the group. As a matter of fact, 
um, the producers of that documentary filed a lawsuit against Tony, Tony, Tony. It was because disputes about the earnings between each other. I mean, isn't that the reason why most groups break up? They break up because it's usually a dispute about money. So Elijah Baker, Antron Hale, and Carl Wheeler has sued Dwayne Wiggins, Raphael Sadiq, and also uh, Tim Riley. And they say it's for fraudulent conduct and their failure to inform and pay advances for royalties on two contracts since the band was all together since 1989. Now, <laughs> this documentary, I, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. But from the reviews that I've read so far, it is explosive in the content in regards to the things that were said in regards to how they were treated by the by the three Tonys, per se. I'm going to make sure that I check it out and I implore all you guys to check it out. As a matter of fact, we're going to check out that documentary and look out on the social media channels. We're probably going to talk about that on a live later on and discuss about as far as what happened with uh, what was discussed in that documentary. Nonetheless. Talking about the group itself, beyond just the breakup, but they um they actually, I would even say this is at a time where you don't necessarily think that a group would break up at or close to their peak, but that's exactly what Tony, Tony, Tony did. Now, I think that they had many years of great music to put out. As a matter of fact, we all know that Rafael Sadiq has been very active in making music. Dwayne Wiggins has actually been involved with making music. He released a solo album. Um, Timothy Riley actually has been making music as well as been collaborating, but they have not reunited as Tony, Tony, Tony since then. And all indications are saying that they will not, and that will never happen again. But it's unfortunate because I think again, for a very short period of time, we're talking about from at least 1989, uh, the late eighties up until the mid nineties, they had a really, really good run and put out some amazing albums with some amazing tracks that we'll always remember for quite some time. And to go out on this note, on an album like this, considering what their catalog revealed before with Soul, Sons of Soul and with the revival, to end on House of Music and on this type of a note was about as good as a note as any group could go out on. Unfortunately, we didn't get anything else from them, but if this was going to be the last one, then so be it. So now we're going to get to the final verdict, the final test to see what I think about it. Do I think this is a certified classic, borderline classic, classic just in this time or not a classic at all? And to me, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is a certified classic and I'm going to give it a rating of about an eight out of 10. And a reason why I say it's a certified classic is because the sound itself is classic. I mean, going back to the soul and funk roots that they had from growing up in Oakland, and the sound that they had on this really giving it a classic sound in the true sense of the word. And this is something that even now, 25 years afterwards, that a 14-year-old me couldn't appreciate that now close to 40-year-old me appreciates and would take this album and put it in its regular rotation. That's one of the true definitions of a classic. And Tony, Tony, Tony as a group is a group that has now put up multiple classics in their catalog, in my opinion. So this was a great way to end it out, that if they were going to end, ending it on a classic is about as good as a way that you can go out. So that's what I think. Certified classic, 8 out of 10 for Tony Tony Tony's House of Music, released in 1996. Y'all, please go make sure y'all check it out on any of your streaming sources. Just go pick it up on vinyl. This really would be a great pickup to play on vinyl. And like I said, as I'm willing to rebuild my vinyl collection, this will be another one that will be at the top of my to get list. Make sure y'all go check it out, y'all. House of Music by Tony, Tony, Tony.
And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our new host on Red Circle. And make sure that you are also on vaultclassicpod.com on the website. Go there. You can see all the pages with all the episodes. You can leave a review. You can get to all of our streaming sources. And better yet, on the website on vaultclassicpod.com, on the blue microphone, in the corner of the page, bottom right-hand corner of the page, you can click on that button. And guess what? Y'all can leave the show a voicemail. Let us know what you think about certain episodes. Show us some love. Give us some feedback. We'll even play some of the best voicemails that we hear right here on the show and also in some promo material. So go ahead and click that voicemail button and sound off and let us know what you think, y'all, especially if y'all want to show us some love, man. We always welcome and appreciate the love and the support because we do it here all for you. And of course, make sure you're still on our social media pages. The new IG handle is at Vault Classic Pod. Twitter still at Vault Classic. And on Facebook and YouTube, make sure you're following the Facebook page and liking the YouTube channel. Subscribe and like right there. Of course, we'll go ahead and show the love right back. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you are never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.